Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another round of the Real Feels podcast. I'm Drew here. Uh, this is uh, a Sir Jack. Wakaremasa. Uh, and I am weird guy you found in the forest raccoon goblin nathan <laughs> raccoon yes. where did you get all the stones <laughs> <clears throat> who took the time to knit this intricate uh net and then just leave it in the forest but he didn't even have a haversack with the stones they were nothing. Maybe no, he had like a, just left like a pocket of holding. Okay, yeah. well, well, what are we doing? Oh, gosh. Well, okay, guys, <clears throat> this is the Real Fills Podcast. If you've never come across us before, we are a movie review podcast that brings you a different movie with a different genre. Fortnightly. 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 <laughs> Every two weeks. And today, it is our, my, samurai genre. Samurai. Ah, yes, the samurai. The samurai. Uh, <laughs> sake. <laughs> Dread fascination. Ah, <laughs> oh, fellow linguist. No capital. No capital. <laughs> oh, and I have decided on 2010s, directed by uh, Takashi Miike, 13 Assassins. Not... Not one or two or three or four, but, but 13! 13! 13 assassins! And it's one of my lucky numbers, so you know what? Why? Why the fuck not? Whoa. So, let's, uh... I, I say get into it because I don't see how a uh, a trailer and roll beam, that, uh, roll, beam footage. I don't, roll that I don't know if, it, I mean, if you could find a trailer. Wouldn't, I and don't. Because uh, it's Japanese, shouldn't it be like roll that like the... The, Roll that the, natto. That natto footage or <laughs> fermented uh, bead footage. <laughs> okay. 2010's 13 Assassins. Now, I think the, the biggest thing to get out of the way is, I know it's for one, not my first time watching it. Jack, I believe he said hey, he had watched it before. I've seen it. Nathan. First time. I Ooh. knew it. Like a virgin. Heavy and... carrot for the very first time. <laughs> so... Uh, Let's, okay, let's start with the beginning because the beginning drags, and what half of okay? Sorry, all right, hold on, hold on. Continue. For the first like twenty minutes, I kept saying, "Am I watching the right film? Is this the one that Drew wanted me to watch?" And then he realized he wasn't. Is this no, it was. <laughs> this movie redeems itself so damn hard in the end that like I don't even really know or care what really. <laughs> was going on in the beginning what story was of, set up a <laughs> lot of people uh you know with no arms and legs uh people are upset and and a lot of a lot of yelling a lot of disgruntled people and then we get to the fighting we get to the good stuff it, well it is 45 minutes you mean you long. get to the last third of the movie <laughs> yeah yeah 
and then it slaps hard. It's a <laughs> it's the slices, whole time at the it end. dices. It makes it Julian fries. Mm. Yeah, the this movie uh, went from a two where I was like, okay, this is boring to a good like we'll get into the rankings at the end but probably like a nine like the fight the end is so so well done and again on the first watch that is my that was my progression second watch even better things elevated paid a little bit more attention uh understood who was who and what the hell was going on and yeah yeah good stuff Mm, okay i i find it interesting that you found the beginning so slow because i mean it it literally wastes no time setting up the plot and immediately it's not like oh let's get introduced to some characters oh let's have like you know a nice little uh shot of the scenery or the countryside no we immediately are confronted with a man committing seppuku and and, and disemboweling but not himself. Not in front of his lord, what? the son. It but, was his son, the Shogun's son. Just could have cleaved him from the crop. I I don't know. I think you have this. You do have a build of urgency and importance although i think it is done with a sense of tact because you have a man who has committed suicide for honor but also out out of like a a sense of also slight shame and then you have the I, i i love the little council of like the shogun lords just like meeting and going like we need to do something yeah but we really can't this guy can't lead the fuck do you want me to do is essentially like is what it's coming down to it's like we can't do anything this guy this guy cannot be in charge this guy cannot lead he's not even like full blood he's a half brother and he is just ruthless and he is not not really even ruthless just malicious oh well i mean he's ruthless with how malicious and how evil i mean like psychotic i mean and we'll get to we'll get to it just a little bit later but like there are characters in film and tell in television that are just downright evil. I don't know. This guy in, like, I think for two particular instances, definitely takes the cake. Because for a majority of the time, outside of those two instances, it's him thriving and wanting the, the, the time of war. A time in which he was not alive. Because based on the actual person of, you know, who was the lord of the Akashi clans and the shogun, he was 24 years old. And I mean, but this guy wants like the power and the prowess and he wants a time of war and everyone around him who's old enough to know better and has gone through it is like, uh, no, why do you, what? Uh, Well, he he glorified it, uh, but then he died a sniveling, whiny little bitch in the mud. Oh, the pain. Oh, the pit. So, so and and uh, when when uh, the the one sir, uh, the Hanbei. No, no, no. The he was like the main. He was the oldest one in the flock. Oh, the one that they recruited from the. Uh, no, I th- he was like the old. He was the the, the like the the no no the no mastermind. not uh, not Shinzo. Um... Shin, yeah, Shinzo. 
Oh, Shinzaman. Yeah, so it, yeah. like he he defeats Hanbei. Uh and then the 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 prince kicks Hanbei's head and he's like, "How could you do that? He died for you." And the, the you know, the villain just responds like, "Kick my head if you want to or you know, if you can, blah blah blah." Even though like they both ended up dying in that that last final scene, I wish with like his last bit of strength, the the nephew had like held uh, the prince's head kicker style, <laughs> and they did like a blue forty two, blue forty two, and like kicks it into like a, I don't know, like a like a refuse. Like I a thought fecal, that's what they were trying to do. Know, they were trying to have pit. it land into like that toilet, but it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think that. But it had should have been like like a kerplunk, some blue water, some toilet paper, well, some early floaties. On, when, when he, uh, uh, with the longbow, shoots the the kid. The sound that it makes is very like boing. Like I was like, wait, wait, uh, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of movie is this? It's just it, it's like it, it's a and you wave your hands Jeez. and then you shoot the ball like this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's and and that's one of the scenes where like he is just downright awful. Like not only for the the rape and the uh the rape of the the lord who invited uh his him and his uh Can soldiers we, we'll in. just refer to her as the quad pig. No, no, no she wasn't the quad girl. Well, but, she's but, later on. Later on. Oh, okay. Well, she's she's she but that's, then, that's a different yes, person. But, but for her, sure. quad pig. Sure. Uh, <laughs> So he he rapes the daughter-in-law of the lord who invites uh Lord Neragatsu in and his men and then kills the husband for no no reason other than like he's trying to comfort his wife after he she's been raped and he's all like oh these mountain girls they're like monkeys like they she she scratched me in defiance and then he stabs it he runs his sword through the husband's back he falls over and then he proceeds to try and cut the head off which takes him three Ugh. swings, and then the head finally rolls. That guy had some backbone. And oh, then he, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my, my blade is dull. And then like his line is like, oh my gosh, mountain monkeys have tough necks. And I'm like, what is with it? Like, I can't say he's a sociopath because he's enjoying it too no, much. No, that's what I think. Like, this lends kind of to the, the Joffrey of, of villains where it's like, oh, you're oh, nuts. Because the, the pat. Well, I don't even think it's nuts. I think it's just it's it's the getting off on the power yeah, just, and like the raised in privilege. I could right. do really anything, and there are some historical roots to that. Where you know a a samurai they they demonstrated this in uh, Shogun, uh, the book where you know if if a lord walks into like a village square and and one person doesn't kneel like. The, they get beheaded right yeah, there. Yeah, like they could die. Or they would they would test the uh, the sharpness of their new katana on like uh, prisoners. You know, yeah. could it cut through? How many prisoners can it cut through? Um, so I mean, there is a little bit of the brutality. What I didn't like about this movie is there was not enough time to get to know the characters. Yes, agreed. And it takes mo it would take multiple watches, but even then. I, I would have liked a little bit more development flavor yeah, than, uh, than just referring to him as like, 
Oh, that's the spear guy. That's the that's the forest right. goblin monkey thing. Yeah. Um, that's like the nephew, and that's that's like the nephew's protege's. Like he's the young protege kid, and it didn't wasn't really able to, it's especially at the end, differentiate in the heat of combat mm. who's really doing what. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're yelling out names. Yeah. And while that last battle scene is is a pretty impressive oh, uh, accomplishment. 100%. Uh the like one crazy sliding bramble gate, fine. Two crazy sliding bramble gates, okay. But when you get into three and four, like I felt like there need to be a 80s style Japanese samurai monologue <laughs> or of them montage, building all these pitfalls the and these, it. you know, setting these explosions. You're the best all around. No son of the Shogun's going to get you down. I think, I think that's the one thing about this film that you can look at and you just have to like smile and nod because despite like how long it would clearly take them to take this entire village and turn it into one giant like saw trap. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a giant booby trap left and right. Buildings are loaded with bombs. You have spear walls. You have bridges exploding. You have like some pit trap spikes, whatever. Like it would take, this would take weeks. You bring out one bramble weeks. gate and they go like, they all shake their head like, uh-uh. Brings out another one. Oh, comes out one more bramble it's one with like with like a like a fuse burning around him like they're like oh that's it that's the wedding dress that she's wearing is it like is it that meme where he's all like show me perfection it's one bramble it's my party and I'll die if I want to die if I want to you would die too if you had honor for your master perfect so yeah i think that's just one thing that you have to like smile too many and gates at. mind the center gate by this tertiary gate five Surely gates good. too many gates i think the idea that like he obviously so he couldn't cut uh nitagatsu and his men couldn't cut through uh that one person's land so that's what probably took them the long way around also going the long way around he was collecting more men because it went from 70 to 200 for the final battle so that probably gave that time. So I think if you if you think about it and you put it together, that's the time allotted. And that's what you kind of just, again, need to smile and nod at. And they're, they're traveling by foot. And by those foot, who are, horse, yeah. are on horse are following the pace of the people who True. are on foot. Uh, so And we don't know really the distances. I know it was shot in northern Japan. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it, it could have taken quite some time. I, oh, I'm, I'm certain. Um, I'm certain. But I mean, this, I, I feel like it's, it, this is a fine samurai movie. Uh, I think it's a good, like, like uh, introduction for for samurai movies. Like, mm. if you like this and you want to delve deeper, because sure. trust me, folks, you can delve a hell of a lot more deeper. Yeah, you can um, into this genre, um, and you have to also be able to appreciate movies that with that have subtitles. Not every movie with samurai can be accomplished, like Last of the Samurai, where you're really only getting. A little bit here and there um very good conversation but i feel like this was a very good conversation good conversation it's it's uh streaming right now i don't know for how long uh, if it, it will, when it'll go away but it's on prime mm -hmm. and also on tubi for anybody who wants to uh if you do get the blu-ray uh there is the option for english dub 
Uh, there, there is a manageable. Uh, it's a manageable watch. It's not like you know three hours like uh, you know Seven Samurai and then some of the other Kurosawa movies. Really, you know, those are those are opuses. Uh, it does, you know, I'd say that they do balance the action better than some. I mean, the movie I would have picked if if this was the genre I I had had pulled was the Twilight Samurai with Haruki Sonata. Um, it's good, and that has like one like two fight scenes, and one of those fight scenes, one of the guys is using a wooden sparring uh sword so like there's only really one and it's at the end so the action i don't think has to necessarily define a samurai movie no. um i do appreciate the the setting and the timing like the the period drama aspect of it but i think this movie really cut out a lot of the fat to try to just get their plot across because if you want to add it's very simple a too. lot of plot uh, then you're going to have to expect people who are not of that nationality to understand everything. And they may not necessarily be, be completely cognizant of, of the, the rituals and, and the, you know, what's going on as far as why these people are like, I will go out to get my life on my Lord. Like, you know, the, that sort but of, this thing. is why, Bushido. why I felt like it, it dragged a little bit in the beginning because they're trying to like, go through all the culture and like all the like the setup and it just doesn't again i would have way rather they focus on the 13 and kind of build up each character so that way when someone dies one you recognize who it is you're like oh and it's even if it is just like oh that spear guy like when spear guy dies you're like no, we had you know, an, we had actual time with Spear Guy, not just like yeah, you know, him telling yeah. or or if they if they showed a little bit of background with some of these characters, like this is why I'm joining up for what is likely a suicide mission. This is how this guy wronged me, and I even if there's thirteen of us and two hundred of them, fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna build fifty gates. And we're going to blow up the whole goddamn thing. It'll be wonderful. You want like a Magnificent Seven Which like, this gathering? Is basically well, I mean, they, they kind of is. did. They kept on trying. They're like, now we are 10. Now we no, are no, 11. No, now that. we are 12. And like, but, but they, they cried. To allow like they more time I, I of who it is. And I, I'm I, just, I understand I, And that. it's not so much as a criticism of the movie. It's what I would, what would have been able to bring these characters home. No, and I agree. Me. And I think, I think understanding who the characters are a little bit deeper would have been great. I thought that would actually have been really good. Thirteenth assassin I mean, you only get... must not be a Japanese man. Thirteenth <laughs> warrior Antonio well, I mean... Banderas. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. But thirteen. <laughs> it's you. Won't... You're right, and you only get like a background for so many characters. Like you get uh, Shinzaman, you get um, uh, Kin. I, I can't think of the the nephew's name, uh, and you get uh, Koyada. Really, like those are the biggest ones, and and Hanbei, uh, like those are the biggest ones that you actually do get like a background for. Chubbers mm-hmm. and uh, the like little bit husky. One of these, like I will, I will join, uh, I will join your quest for uh, for two hundred Ryu. Well, what are you going to spend this on? One hundred twenty for life debt. <laughs> some is uh, a nice gift, uh, and then uh, leave some of it. I wanted like at least a a, a good scene of him just going out and just getting debauched. Yes, 
Uh, like the night before. Yeah, yeah. But this, I mean, I do like the, I do like his little wrap up of like, this is what you're gonna pay me. I'm like, we're gonna what now? This is like an honorable mission. This is like, I mean, that that's one of the biggest things that I really like, despite the horrific scene of seeing, what what did you want to refer to her as? Quad pig. Quad pig. <laughs> Oh Jesus God. Christ. But like Shinzaman Or like Pedro. But Shinzaman almost gets elated where he's all like For a samurai in my position in this time, I have been looking for an honorable death. And this is gonna be my moment. This is gonna be my honorable Shinzaman, death. Shinzaman, I think, is one of the most badass out of them all. I think and he's, not, he, he's the old guy, but he's like He's the like the master duelist at that point he is, in his and life. He, even his like old uh, trainee like comes back, and that's the guy who says like, um, "Oh, I forget." It's like that ass scene with the uh, with the alleyway, and he says, "Kill any of them that get past me." Yeah, and I. Yes. Oh, that's such so a great... in uh, in Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, not the show, but the books, uh, when Land teaches Rand uh, how to fight with a sword. They're in sword forms that have names like, you know, like the uh, the, you know, something, something in the rushes or wind down the mountainside. And there's one yeah, of those like sword forms. Yeah, there's yeah. one of those sword forms that's called sheathing the sword. And that's what Shinzaman did at the end. It's when he accepts a mortal blow in order to return the mortal blow. Uh, and I, I did like that because they brought that quote that Robert Jordan put in game of Th- or uh, wheel of time that uh that uh, death is like a feather duty heavier than a mountain and that is directly out of the bushido code where it's like well you know i came all this way i'm gonna have to and the only way i can really accomplish this is if i die at the same point because i'm gonna have to then answer for killing the shogun's son so yeah you stabbed me but well, i'm gonna lens- get you you know, almost like the Gurney Halleck, like, you know, ah, the slow blade. Uh, well, the, and he knew he was going to die anyways. Like, ah, you, you would have joined me but in he, death. He, he used <laughs> that example about the fishing and like, you know, don't take the, you know, the, the secret to fishing is to uh, let the fish swallow the the hook. And so by like letting him stab him, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get close. You're the fish. I'm going to let you take the bait and take the hook. And now I'm going to reel you in and there's nowhere you can go. The hook is going to get you. The hook but, okay, is going to get you. Let's, let's jump to uh, jump back to the fight with his old buddy. And right before the fight, his, Oh, his student, when his he student wipes the blood off of his blade. It is oh, that fight. The coolest thing I think I've seen a samurai do, just especially because none of them have armor, which I really do think had one of them been fully decked out in like tank armor and like was like a tank and just like taking on all <laughs> kinds of blows. <laughs> Shinzabon's like, now witness this firepower of this fully armed and operational battle samurai. Fine, well, Commander. I'm afraid this the samurai will be quite operational when your friends arrive. <laughs> your faith in your gates is yours. But just having having one, I, but you're right. Fully decked Clean out the blood with off. like the the mask and every. 
like mount, yes. mountain style, just just, just clad in armor, like a ton of blows, and because a couple of the deaths are a little, um, you know, wow, they're taking a lot of blows and still like still standing up, and it's like that's really cool, but maybe not most of them. <laughs> well, who's what was the guy's name? Uh, it starts with an H that he found in the cage. The the mountain monkey. Oh, uh, uh, Koyata. He gets a sword through the throat, and then he still survives. But at the end, I feel like like he should have been like holding pressure on his throat, and then he turns to the other surviving guy, and he's like, "Is it still <laughs> bleeding?" And it's just like, <laughs> like just just complete arterial is pressure. It, out is of it his bad? Neck. And is he's it like, bad? "Yeah, yeah, no, you you might want to keep pressure on that a little bit longer." So there is there is talk of Koyata. Two things happening. Because the only people that survive the battle are Koyata and the nephew. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Koyata tells the nephew, like, oh, hey, tell, like, Umaji or whatever, uh, whatever uh, her name yeah. is. Like, tell oh, her no, hi for like, me. He's like, I'm going to go find her, right? Uh, tell her hi for me. At the end. He said, he said hey, tell, him, tell, her, uh, tell her hi for me. And he's like, yep. And he runs off. Like, but if you look at him, like, no, nothing has happened to him. Like, no blows. He clearly didn't take a short sword through the neck. He didn't get his stomach, <laughs> like, sliced open. He had a little cut, open. though, and he was like, so, oh, like, eh, I've had, like, worse with the bear. Oh, no, I, no, no, no. Like, you look at him, he, he almost looks like he has, like, no damage done to him at all. So, thoughts are, is that either he's actually dead. Or he's a spirit. Or... He's like a mythical being. He's like the fucking Tom Bombadil of Samurai. <laughs> or uh, uh, one of those dudes from, uh, what was that? The Wailing. Oh, yeah. Where you don't realize oh, that they... Like he's an angel and a demon. Well, and a, yeah, a, but I mean, not, not going with the Christian an connotations, but right. he is some sort of, let's say, fey is right. like a general catch-all. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Like He's kind of like a Tom Bombadil like coming to help because he believes in their cause. I, I've also read where people are all like, He's totally the Monkey King, and I'm all like, okay, now now we're taking it a little too so far. Japan. <laughs> so does that does that girl is is she Goodberry then? Because that's who Tom Bombadil lives in the forest with. Yeah, but there's that weird scene where like she's in the river and then she's like seen it eating looks something. Like a berry, but at the same time, you're like, is it flesh? It's not a berry. It's, it's like not a berry. Sucking the goo out of she's like she's like Why eating her fetus. Room? Come on, <laughs> or her uterus. It gives show. you power I, because that's <laughs> okay. because that's in the no. That's okay. No, it's not. That's in the mythos. <laughs> that's in the mythos. Like for for one of the demons that she's supposedly supposed to supposed to like portray. If you go along with the idea, she's a that Koyata is a, a non-human Geno. character. When you've had <laughs> when. <laughs> When you have had non-honorable intercourse and pregnant impregnation, <laughs> you must retreat to the forest springs and the forest eat by thy fetus that you were given by a peasant lord. Gently, <laughs> but here's the Oof, I, I would like buying in. Oh God, I would like to think of him. I would like to think of him as someone like, like a Tom Bombadil character because I love how like 
he wants to be accepted. He wants what? to be part of like the human and interaction. He's got like the spryness. Like right? he drop kicks the one dude in the face and then like leaps into the river. And maybe that explains why he just has an endless supply of his like, sl- like sling stone right. cannonballs that he's thrown around. I, I, I just, I think he's, I think it's a cool thing to think of him as like a non-human kind of like mythological fake character that's there to help out. And yeah, because I mean, he's the last person to join. He's he's one of only two who join uh, who were not part of the original grouping because originally it was eleven, and then the nephew shows up and then they find him. See, my first rewatch through here, I was thinking like, man, like he needs to just pick up a sword, and then it, it maybe it'll be like He Man, like I have the power. But on the second watch through, I did kind of like how he stuck with his sling. And then like, yeah. he just grabs a big log at one point And it was just like, he's just smashing the shit out of people because he can. That's just, And that's just, what's like a fun little thing. And I love his kind of like cocky attitude. It's boring. like, you all bore me. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to take off <laughs> sword to the throat and I'm like, Oh, now well, he's, now he's shutting and I'm up. I'm surprised they didn't like take him to a bathhouse or something. It was sort of like the dwarven legion that now, Gimli talks about, fully armed and filthy. Or I mean, it <laughs> is the same kind of story of Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, um, even Saving Private Ryan to some degree. Gathering a group, suicide mission. Everyone dies except one to two, and gathering a group. They, out of all those types of films, is there one going up against a tyrant fighting like, for the yeah, greater good? Is, if I have to watch a movie like this, I want to watch blank. See, man, the the idea for your posed question, I would feel would be like an action movie, and although I know in? for a fact <laughs> That there's comedic movies that are I'd like that as well, because <laughs> because you have like oceans. No, you have like oceans eleven. Cool stop, That's like <laughs> Rick Hill. <laughs> I don't know. Just want to slather that up and barbecue sauce. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Um, that that's Whammy. an interesting question to try and think about. Um, I don't know. But I feel like Samurai is generally a pretty niche, niche, niche genre. Uh, like my wife, I know if there's a Samurai it's movie that I want to watch, I just have to wait for her to go to bed uh, <laughs> because she's not going to be interested in. Or, or, or if she does want to give it a try, she spends half her time looking at her phone and the other half going, what, what was that? What's going on? And again, that goes for the casual viewer at home. And we've said this before in Real Feels that that kind of movie, you can get it dubbed in English, but it's not the same. Um, it's It does take your attention span. And I mean, I think also listening to it in the original audio is important because they're using an older form of Japanese that was used during... Uh, the Edo period? Well, towards yeah. the end of the Edo period. In 18, right before in, the Meiji period? The Meiji restoration? Oh, my history. Oh. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the clothing is accurate. The, um, the mannerisms and the way that they are appropriating themselves for uh, 
interaction interactions uh, with their superiors and you know the uh, the the townspeople and every everything is just like it, it's done it's done right. Um, I believe Roger Ebert had said that like people can learn from this film if they are wanting to do uh, samurai movies, if they are wanting to learn about samurai movies. Like this is one. It's a good that gateway they to watch. It yeah, is, and a, I think so too. It's easy to get and into. I think to to the point of even that a third of the film, quite literally a third of the film, is a giant battle. Okay, it's not violence for violence sake. It's violence for plot's sake. And it actually works well with it. And that's actually what's important to this. Where, again, I mean, it's not, again, just running in there and slicing and dicing. If you actually, like, look around and you actually <laughs> see what's going around, especially when the guy's all like, my lord, my lord, there's a way to get out of here. And, you know, Hanbei's like, you idiot. No, Secure stop. the room. Secure Clear the room. the room. Secure the room. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, okay. And he runs in there and they're like, yep, yep, it's empty. Pulls back the curtain. Oh shit! I was just waiting boom. for uh, and it's not like John oh Malkovich. boom, He's it blew like, out the you know the room. Grenade! That grenade! <laughs> roll out! Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking two times! <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Bring like oh my house. gosh, it blows up the room and like okay, yeah, that that probably would have killed the Shogun Lord. No, it takes down the building. <laughs> but also that. Literally bringing down the house, but the alleyway fight, the alleyway fight where he where they get funneled in. That is pure Sun Tzu, the art of war. If you are outnumbered, you funnel them in. Okay, you funnel them in. And that's exactly what they did. And more importantly, the way that the samurai swords were placed all around the entire battlefield was perfect. That was some Saving Private Ryan stuff, too, where they've got the little depots. uh, If you continuously start fighting with the same sword, it's going to get dented. So what do they have to do? Swap out. New gun. New sword. And that's it. Because he runs around. He's grabbing new swords. One of those things of arrows and swords. Maybe some river rocks. That I, I would have appreciated, like like they've He's, got the swords and then the arrows. He has a quiver, it's just like a just small pile of rocks, rocks for <laughs> for our forest monkey. But that will have to live for uh, you know, <laughs> like a haversack or something. Like like they're like you know you could you could you could use mines. You just hit it on the contact plate and throw it. Just have like, him like reach in, pull out a rock, throw it. Reach in, pull out like a piece of bread, eat it. Reach yes, in. no, exactly. Or like so do some drunken master, even though that's not Japanese, but like like a bang, right? Like some no. sake back, like. There's there's an anime called Samurai Champloo, and I've heard of it. Okay. I, I think I've seen some of it on uh, Adult Swim. I'll take your like, back circa, in the day. Like yeah. okay, so if you want to watch 20 it, years ago at this, point. if you want to watch it, it's on Hulu. Or I have the DVDs. I, I don't want to watch it. It's actually it's quite good. I'm it actually really is. Watch it. So there's a character, one of the main characters in Samurai Champloo, and Koyata very much reminds me of uh, of one of the main characters. But it, it, like the the attitude, the finding style, the carefree, you know, uh, uh, all that. But it's just it's it's a satisfying film. I think Jack makes an incredible point to say that it is a uh, an excellent gateway uh, into samurai movies. Yeah, because you can get really like if you go like for Ran. Uh, Kurosawa or um, Throne of Blood. Oh, Throne of Blood, but I mean that's that's like a almost like a remake of. Well, it's Shakespeare. Of, yeah, it's, 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 it's Shakespeare. It's Japanese. But there's there's the one um, movie that they did that is it's it's now the the title of the movie is a 
an actual term for a, like a confusing multiple point plot. Amazing. Um, I'll let you guys go ahead no, no, and discuss. Go. Uh, uh, while I'll, I'll take up. a nice note on the director. So Takashi Miike, uh, he is so he is weird, quite something. He's done over like, like such a great... 89 different films. He's acted in about 18 movies. He was actually in Eli Roth's Hostel um uh, j just like a random a random little spot but more importantly like he's done films like he did the original one miss call which for any horror fans out there the original not the horrid american remake uh of one miss call which is actually quite good he uh recently one of his more recent like samurai films that i enjoyed was called blade of the immortal um ichi the killer but for all of my horror fans out there, one of the most disturbing movies, and Nathan may have seen it. I think Jack may have seen it too, but I'm not 100% sure. 1999's Audition. Mm. But uh, what I was citing earlier is uh, the Rochamon effect. Yes. Uh, it is a situation in which an event is given contradictory interpretations or descriptions by the individuals involved. So almost like a... Um... <laughs> oh, Christ. What was the movie... Uh... It, it give me the fucking keys you cocksucker what the fuck the greatest the greatest uh trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist oh um oh oh the devil's advocate no no, no. wait no 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 what is that uh, the shit the greatest you, please trick please edit out the dead time <laughs> <laughs> you cocksucker is it denzel wash oh man what is that oh. the, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world that he did not exist. I I know that because I just, God, that's so familiar. Usual that, suspects. That uh, usual suspects. Oh, where you have all the different viewpoints uh, from the the different characters, and they don't always match and meet up. Uh, but that was coined from a Kurosawa samurai movie. Um, there's the the hidden fortress, which is said to be almost um, like a base template plot for star wars the yeah star wars the new hope mm -hmm. uh so i mean there's a lot of really good stuff out there but it's not all quite like um 13 assassins where you get a nice plot and then you get 45 minutes of just pure unmitigated bloodshed uh but they're also fan <laughs> fucking fantastic especially the when you get uh, and they're not easy the, so masamuni or oh, not masamuni but uh Yep, again. Dead, dead time. <laughs> I, do, I don't have these names on recall. No, you're fine. Um, I'm going to have to see that. I'll, I'll go looks, back to real good. quick. Um, anybody who has never seen 1999's Audition uh, by Takashi Miike, please go watch it. And um, you can both thank and hate me later. Yeah, Toshiro Mufune. Uh, Toshiro Mufune was in the vast majority of Kurosawa's samurai movies. Uh, he actually plays the Shogun in the American adaptation of James Clavell's Shogun. Or, yeah, James Clavell's Shogun. But if you can find a samurai movie with him at it, uh, you will enjoy yourselves. There's, yeah, there's so many. And then there's so many just, like, B-rate samurai movies that are still good. That are still good and still fun. Uh, obviously, a contender that was going to possibly be happening was Seven Samurai. Yeah, but, that. man... I, I wanted it, something that was a little it, bit not, and this yeah, isn't to knock, knock seven samurai, but I wanted something a little seven bit samurai, but it's uh, just, fresher. This, and um, also not this delivers three hours what that does in a little bit shorter time. 
I think it maybe a no. little bit to a in any way, shape, or 13, form. The number uh, it's harder to keep track of each person, which is why things like the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai, where you have very like that's the the knife guy, and this is uh, the so and so. It it didn't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves. Okay, we're done. Are you saying 47 Ronin didn't work, Nathan? Are you- yeah, if there wasn't enough time for 13 for us to get to know them, there sure and shit was enough time for uh, 47. Uh, you know, all, all, all apologies to Keanu Reeves in that movie, but uh, uh, but I, I I enjoy interesting foreign terms. Like there's Bachweifengesicht, which is German for a man who has a, or a person that has a punchable face. Uh, and then there is a, a, a term of, it's called uh, Kirariyaku, which Aww. translates as sliced up actor, which are actors who really only win their bread by dying in movies and television shows. So instead of just going to the Sean Bean. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there are there are actors, it's almost like spotting like a Wilhelm scream in a movie <laughs> yeah. where you're like, exactly. oh, you know, like, you know, if you're a real fish out, like, oh, that's so and so. Like he's died in like seven other movies that I've seen because here is a a, a Kirareyaku, uh, a sliced up man. There you uh, go. I find that intensely interesting. No, that's great. I like that a lot. Uh successful film i would say overall i mean obviously with the gushing that we can have for it a six million dollar budget made 18 million dollars yeah, worldwide it's not bad not bad at all I, it, okay for the fact that like this movie has extremely minimal to like no cgi special effects everything Which, is practical and, and this, yeah this, and, and it's only and it's only a six million dollar like, budget uh, and having accurate laughable uh, that in 2010 costuming make this and, and, and like building sets and everything like, are you kidding me and a six million dollar budget movies can't even like this is this home. is great like, i don't know buzz lightyear couldn't even uh bring it home disney come on come on come on disney <laughs> it's it's the it's the one quote from uh, the hockey movie The Goon, where one of the hockey players is uh, Asian and he's in medical school, and the guy just says like Asians are an industrious people, and he's just like fuck you, man. <laughs> but then when you guys are like six million, eighteen million, with all the historical sets and uh, you know the 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 period uh, specific speech. And there's a there's a Japanese set building style where they put those wooden buildings together really? without nails or pins. They just lash them and then hide the lashing so they can be broken down and used again. There was a I, I just recently watched a kind of B rate uh, horror movie. I know, shocking. Um, recently, what? it was called. I, I feel like you've seen all the B rates. No, I feel like you're no, into D and I F rates. At this I haven't. Point. You'd you'd be amazed how many there are. So I watched 1999's. I think it's 1999's. A uh, King Cobra, and it has uh, Mr. Miyagi. Okay. Oh. And so what's really funny is that like they're they're trying to give him a weapon to take down or a suit uh, to take down this giant genetically modified King Cobra, and they're all like. Here, take this. He's like, what am I going to do with those? He's like, it'll help you. It'll keep you safe and help you run fast. He's like, I'm Japanese. We weren't meant to be fast. We were meant. We were made. uh, We weren't made to be fast. We were made to last. (laughs) 
<laughs> or like they're like, do you have a weapon? And he just pulls his belt off and goes, JC Penny, seven ninety nine. That was uh, from from Danielson and the uh, Karate you. Kid. It's like, what kind of belt do you have, Mister Miyagi? Oh, JC Penny, seven ninety nine. Segments. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Segments. All Talking right. about segments. 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 <laughs> All right, segment number one. This jackass. Lord Neretsugu, played by uh, Goro uh, Inagaki, is the half-brother of the Shogun and a grade-A asshole. He amputates, he amputates some victims... <laughs> No, kicks no, no, it's the my severed ride. heads of others across the room and exercises the right to rape anyone in his domain. He is a twisted caricature. Declares a, the right <laughs> of prima nocta. He's a, he's a twisted caricature and a preening narcissist. Sometimes there are just villains in a movie where you just hate them. That's the goal, right? The villain needs to make an impact. What are some, if not a top three, of the most villainous bad guys from film or TV that left you actually feeling some genuine hatred for them? And I, I'll start this off just to get uh, mine out of the way. Um, I'm so I, I would definitely say uh, Percy Wetmore from The Green Mile. So I absolutely hate Percy. I, I think he's just a despicable person. Uh, not wetting the sponge makes him absolutely evil in my eyes. Um, I'd also go with uh, Robert Doob, played by Kiefer Sutherland in An Eye for an Eye with Sally Fields. Uh, oh, he's 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 just so downright evil in that movie. And then there was another one, uh, a movie called The Innocents, and. I'll take, a, I'll take half a second here and say spoilers for 2021's The Innocents. I would fast forward 30 seconds right now if you do not want something spoiled for Get you. it. There's a little kid named Ben in that movie. And I have never, ever wanted to see a child die Whoa. more. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then this than this kid like a rod stone cowboy <laughs> um yeah no this man yeah i i definitely wanted him to uh to well, be gone i've got three all right jack unless you want to you want to jump the shark no, right, no so I'll, I'll bring up the rear i still think that joffrey was one of the most well-constructed hateable characters uh just the acting, the story writing for him, all of it. It just was very well, well done. Uh, Hans Lanz from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Christ it, oh, you hated him? No, the, but he was so awesome. That, like uh, like uh, he was the hate. I think the I think the acting was next level. Like that. May, I mean, it, what it's what put him on the map. Like. But he, all right, all right. No, no, no. He's he's phenomenal. I think <laughs> Joffrey like, okay. was a uh, was all good right. acting. Like, <laughs> well, you know, oh, no. jo Joffrey, I get, but, but uh, Hans, like, I like he was. I 
he was doing his Good job and it Fraulein. wasn't like i as far as uh, villains go he had here uh, wait for the creme like he he just had a certain a certain amount of of charisma je ne sais quoi whatever je ne sais quoi je ne sais quoi he had a certain uh he had the juice uh that made him almost a likable yes. no, villain again, in a way a, in a way amazing character but he is so evil and it's just like i wow wow and then kind of my dark horse and it, it's not going to be everyone's <laughs> pick but fletcher uh jk simmons in whiplash is uh, anything i can i <laughs> loved hey that's all right man that's all right he starts off so like you know very you know it's just chill just cool like and he's like mm, not my tempo uh let's pick it up again and then and then he starts uh really digging in he's like <laughs> were you rushing or were you dragging to the point at the very, very end well i'm not gonna ruin it but like it's <laughs> he's a great villain for uh, a character and it's jk simmons love jk simmons and and i think i think it's something to make note of that it's it's i think it's a very big difference between flat out hating the character and loving to hate the character because like Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter series she's a character you love the, to hate I feel like the books version was way more that where you're like what? you're like I hate this woman I hate her but in the movie you're like oh she's oh no 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 of course the books did did the movie did, wait I, a second book. they leave a lot did out did you read Harry Absolutely. Potter I stayed up all night when the, the newest book came out. For some reason, you son of a I was bitch. up all night reading it. I read the whole thing. And <laughs> I think my mom, like, it was, it was a long time ago. My mom was like, what did you, did you go to bed? And I was like, no, I, I read this book. <laughs> she was like, what? You read a book all night? Yeah, good times. That, Is it that crazy that I read that, a book? I've read the Wheel of Time, the, like the I, Pines. I, I know. <laughs> How does that not count? Well, no, no, so no. Thick? That doesn't Fuck fucking you. count. <laughs> I'm looking at that too. Oh, they get, they they are, get thicker. They thicker. are thicker in the Wheels of Time. <laughs> So how is oh, yeah. uh, Stormfront by Jim Butcher, the uh, first uh, book of the uh, Dresden yeah. Files? Yeah, I tried yeah. twice. It's, uh, and it's right next to my no. bedstand. Like, have you really? And you didn't? There. You couldn't I, get into it? I have it? tried, but it's it's not for like a lack. I think of the book. It's just that I'm I'm not. A, I don't read the motivational stuff that I'm that I should be reading for my job. Like there's. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think jack and i have said this before if it helps get audible because the audiobooks for the for uh the jim butcher touché, novels touché. the dresden files are actually quite jack they're done you're quite well. you'll find it's quite cool quite cool and uh if you like jk simmons as a villain in whiplash then you should definitely revisit uh hbo's oz oh okay uh, where I think J.K. Simmons really got his start, it's 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 their prison drama, and there's there's 
there's a lot of real fucked up stuff. And J.K. Simmons, I think, is like a white supremacist, uh, not hard to like believe. Nazi yeah, inmate. Like it's it's fucking crazy. It that it no, is. I mean, I really it, could. I, I, it I is could. hard. It is hard to watch though. Um, so for me, uh, I think I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The Borg from Star Trek. Uh, just there's no reasoning with them. There's no negotiations. They're they're gonna come for you, uh, and if you you very likely won't. I like be able that you had a collect literally the collective as yeah as no one the collective. It's it, like not just the queen, but no no yeah no and, I like, and, like nobody I like that idea. nobody really even like negotiated with them until Voyager, and again that's that was like a tit for tat. But then again the, the Borg kind of reneged anyway, as as the Borg will do. Uh, but that sort of just unfeeling, sterile. We're not going to kill you, but you're not going to be you anymore. Uh, just, I, I always thought, thought sort of terrifying, like, like yep. technologically advanced zombies. Like that's kind of what they are basically. Um, and it's funny you said the green mile. Cause I went with wild bill, Sam Rockwell's character from the green mile. Uh, I thought he was hideous and I hated him as well, even though I love Sam Rockwell. Uh, Sean Noakes, Kevin Bacon oh. from The Sleepers, one of our Patreon picks. Uh, that that thank uh, you Mario. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thank you Mario. But I mean, I had seen that movie before, but haven't watched up. that again. That that is still just a terrifying human being. Uh, and then finally, uh, I went with Fool. Uh, I really enjoyed. And hated yes. David Tennant as Kilgrave in Jessica Jones. I thought he played hmm. just an amazingly malicious and piece of shit psychopath villain. Hmm. Uh, I really did enjoy, and it's David Tennant, so it's hard not to enjoy. It's hard not it's, to love Tennant. He throws that little Scottish broken thing, and you're like, "Oh, you like, take yeah, over the stop time." Take over the body. He is my done character. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was... Kill... oh yeah, yeah that and. Jessica Jones, whether you, whether you liked it or hated it, one hundred percent. It's worth watching at least the first yes, season. Watch Kilgrave. the first season. It's, it's on Disney. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Oh, worth cool. It. All right. <clears throat> Next up is surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Koyata is supplies, a motherfucker. <laughs> Koyata is a mysterious, surprising, and pretty badass character, balancing between the aspects of the underestimated and supernatural. When he's first met, he's asked, "Are you a savage or a ghost?" Koyata definitely takes a lethal blow to the neck during the battle, but then miraculously appears fine at the end, smiling and greeting his friend. Who is an individual, either in real life or in film or TV, that you either disregarded as important or even had thought dead, only later to be proved wrong in a pleasantly or surprising way? Pretty quick, um, we you actually name dropped one of them, Drew. Sean Bean's 006 in Goldeneye. When he dies in the beginning, you're like, well, you know, for King and Country, James, you're like, oh, James, you know, he was a good one up until the end. And then, oh, no, oh, no. Didn't I tell you, Dr. Jones, don't trust you. And then the second one is and this one's a little bit more of a stretch because it's such a quick turnaround. But Stephen in Braveheart, where he's just like. The, the Irishman that you're like, oh, like he's not going to be a big part of it. And then the next scene, 
he saves him and the character just like pleasantly surprised how much you love like he just goes from being just kind of like a quirky funny character to yeah. or right, I'll ask him. <laughs> What's that, father? I'll fight with you. Well, I get okay. a chance to kill the, the shogun. No, <laughs> 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 Arrows cost money. Send the Irish. They cost nothing. Hi, laddie. Good to see you. Just, he's such an impactful character and pleasantly surprised. On to you. I'll go. Uh, mine is uh, real life. Uh, Nathan, you may have met him. I, I, I don't know. But he uh, was one of the best men, or he was one of the groomsmen at my wedding. His name is uh, Sean Barnett. Uh, Barnett. Uh, and in sixth grade, entering uh, in, in Ohio, I think they do it differently in California, where elementary schools yeah. through sixth grade, or most of them, uh, but in elementary school in Ohio, it was through fifth grade, and then sixth through eighth was considered middle school. So first day in a new middle school homeroom class, Mrs. Weckstein, who was the uh, the bird-like math teacher, one of the math teachers, she had uh, pre-assigned every incoming new student uh, a desk buddy because she had the, the desks paired off. And Sean was my random desk buddy and the first initial take on sean was like he's this tall dry skinny wraith like just <laughs> so he was like he, like he looks were, like uh, just like a dork mark Wahlberg. and <laughs> my first uh, desk pop jack my first desk pop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah desk, desk pop <laughs> but uh yeah pretty much pretty much but we ended up becoming best friends to now we have a standing uh game session uh scheduled every sunday from 11 to 3 uh where we meet online and we play whatever whatever games are out right now it's tiny tina's wonderland uh but uh we're we're still great friends to this day but on the surface if i'd gone with my gut instinct uh if i'd walked into that home room not knowing that uh, this is going to be a best friend from life that I'm going to to you know text on a weekly basis. It is shocking <laughs> because my first initial thought was, oh, I got this. He was some good conversation. Well, that's it. Okay. Some good conversation. Uh, so characters that obviously you thought were going to die, but kind of had a nice surprise to come back with. Um, although... Two of these, it kind of made sense that they were not truly dead because the title kind of gives it away. So uh, Spock, at the end of Rathacon, you're like, ah, oh, Spock's gone. <laughs> but then, of course, the next movie is In Search of Spock. And all the beings I have, have encountered on my travels. His was the most <laughs> human. Um, Alien Resurrection, when you thought that Ellen Ripley had died in three uh, throwing herself into the furnace. But then, of course, cloning technology brings her back. But I think one of the biggest ones, and I think it was also for fans, uh, in Terminator Dark Fate, when we get Sarah Connor back, when we were told that she died in Rise of the Machines, that she died from leukemia. I'm just going to let you run with that. I'm not as familiar with the Terminators after Terminator 2. 
So I remember Terminator Three. There was the Christian Bale one. There's the no, no, that wasn't Christian Bale. That's, that was that's like Christian Bale, like, Rise of the Machines. That that's, was that was the fourth one. That's Rise of the Machines. I think the Terminator Three I'm talking about had like Toby Maguire's because Rise of the Machines takes place later on in the timeline, right? Yeah. This is takes place near present day. Uh, and it was not because they good. Can. And after that, I was like, why are they still making these? Uh, a little um, honorable mention. Why? Oh. And we'll watch it. Why? Honorable mention to uh, uh, Gordon. Oh, my apologies. Batman, Terminator Salvation. Uh, Salvation. Dark Knight, my, my apologies. Where you think he's done. You think he's gone. And then I remember the theater going kind of ape shit that he... Uh, is the driver of the Joker, uh, you know, of not Joker, of Harvey Dent. And like, they laid the trap for the Joker. And he's like, we got you, you son of a bitch. And everyone was like, ah, Gordon's still alive. And he was the driver all along. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's such a great scene with the Joker hanging out of the semi-truck and like, he tries the automatic, pistol first and then he tries the shotgun and then it's like Same. rpg like yeah. oh shit we just watched the newer one and i love that is one of my favorite batman movies um man that is so so good i liked it but it's just yeah. it's long it's too long it's, it's very Same. very like emo Not that that's noir like bad but it's it's just long but i did like andy circus <laughs> as alfred pennyworth for like the 12 minutes that he's I in the movie? I don't give a flying shit, Drew. <laughs> don't you rob what me of I'm my monkey in my circus? I would also like more Andy Circus as Alfred. All right, number three. <laughs> All right. Here, here. True story. Like a lot of great period pieces, you know, Maverick, this one <laughs> is based on true events. It's quite believable that this that this band of lone warriors stood up against such a tyrant, leaving us with a story that hits just right. Uh, you can choose choose one. Like, what is a historical event or major or minor that you feel would make a good film or miniseries that hasn't been made yet? Hmm. Or do you have a personal event in your life that's just as notable or epic enough that it could be made into a feature film or series? Uh, I'll go first. Yep. Uh, so uh, I've got a couple. I went all historical. Uh, fancy that. Uh, Battle of the Leyte Gulf. Uh, or if they just did a Band of Brothers that was all about the naval side, not just the Marines. Uh in the fall of Japan, I think that would be very interesting. Once they did Iwo Jima, then they moved on to Okinawa. You've got the you know the the biggest battleship in the world with eighteen inch guns, the Yamato coming out and just getting like just royal, royally thrashed. Um, or in the Mediterranean, Italy. Uh, I recently finished a book called uh, uh, Unsinkable. It was about the uh, destroyer, the uh, USS Plunkett. Uh, that was landed, you know, screen troops landing in Northern Africa, participated in the invasion of Sicily, p- participated in Anzio, and then was fire support during the invasion of Normandy. Very fascinating novel. I feel like they don't get, and especially the, the people that fought in Italy, 
that was horrific because they were basically just fighting trench Germans in the mountains uh, that that had basically made a killing field from one coast to the other. Uh, so, I mean, that would have been interesting. I still want like a good modern non-flag shagging revolutionary war movie. Um, I think that that's worthwhile or like a, a civil war movie. Uh, I feel like there just hasn't been one since glory really like their needs or, I mean, there's was a cold stone or not cold stone, cold Springs or cold, uh, with, uh, Nicole. Oh, with no cold, with no cold Kidman, mountain. cold mountain. Um, free state of Jones is kind of, there's, there's cold mountain. you had, you had yeah, summer, but, summer's B, but that was not well. really about the civil war. It was about the people that were alive while that was happening and participated a little bit here it's and there, but, the but I, I, I want it to be more about, a civil war, not a war bride, like he's coming back to me. Well, that's that's kind of the same thing of, as like watching uh, Grave of the Fireflies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 the people, not the war. Yeah. Uh, or like some of the the tank battles, like a, a movie like about like the Kursk. Yeah. Uh, where it was the Soviets and the Germans, I where it's like you know, hundreds and hundreds of tanks are facing off. Whereas Fury, the biggest engagement you saw of tanks was three. Uh, three enemy tanks at least i think there were six six total i uh, so, i mean but, but that that could be it. good the ending was ruined for me that would probably make make that it, the movie is made by russia and russian world war ii movies are so over the top yeah like russian nationalistic they're almost nauseating but i mean we've been watching the same shit with american world war ii movies for years and years and years with john wayne wow. and you know, all mm. that stuff so i mean it could go either way um as far as a personal event it'd be a movie called porn creek uh and that's that's yes. that's when my friends and i discovered uh in a creek bed somebody had driven across the bridge and thrown <laughs> Like a couple of dozen like, uh, oh, nudie magazines over the edge, yes. and we like salvaged them and laid them on the rocks to bear. Like I, I feel like that could be a real stand by me sort of a thing. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, so this would be, I I want to say like comedy verging on uh, dark yes. comedy, and this is taking place between November and December <laughs> of nineteen thirty two in Australia. Gentlemen, this is known as the Great Emu War. <laughs> I've heard about this. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> and they lost. So I, if no one is if no one is familiar with this, after World War One, uh, Australian World War One veterans, uh, they they got farmland, and those who became farmers had twenty thousand emus encroaching and like invading their land. So I believe three men were tasked with dealing with the emu problem. So for one month, uh, there were, let me get this right, there were 9,860 bullets fired uh, at the emu in order to try and get rid of the problem. Obviously, they did not win because out of 20,000 emu, 986 were only killed. (laughs) (laughs) Emu! Emu! So I, for some reason, like now I know that there's been short films made of this, but there has not been like a full fledged movie. I don't even want like a full fledged movie, like like a mini series, like three episodes or something. If they could, no, if they can make a whole Netflix series (laughs) about Mr. Bean dealing with a bee inside of a house, they, 
I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I love what you're bad mouthing it. Or I love Rowan Atkinson, it, it so I will definitely watch movie, it. But, but not the typical war movie. I think something like uh, the Emu War the, uh, the would Christmas be truce. hilarious. And in World War One, uh, both the Germans and the Amer and and the Brits just decided, hey, let's just have Christmas together, and they made a truce. And I think it's just a a really about like kind of like the human spirit and and how even afterwards, like they didn't really want to sh- fire on each other. And we're just, I don't know, it's just a good, like, feel-good story that I i kind of feel like we could use another uh, good, like, Top Gun was a good, feel-good kind of throwback and just hit the nostalgia perfectly. This could lend to a lot of our old roots of World War II films and still be a really good message, a lot of fun, and well, not a lot of fun, but yeah, <laughs> not too much fun. World War One. <laughs> so, so hold on back, back to Drew's uh, emo wars. It needs to have a character like Saul Guerrero. It was like, what will you do when they catch you? What will you if they break you? If you continue to fight, what will you become? <laughs> I. T- I just imagine like, you know, one guy's like firing the gun and then like he pulls out his hand and saying like, I need more ammo. And then just just suddenly like an emu like picks up a bullet and like puts it in his hand. It's like, thanks, mate. (laughs) Although emus, emus are like, they're they're so violent. They're like a cantankerous, shorter and darker version version of uh, of an ostrich. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're they're not they're not nice creatures. Um, I. And I don't want to burst your bubble, Nathan, but there actually is a movie uh, about the Christmas truce. Yeah, but that was like a film? Hallmark, but a different one, sure, yeah, like that, maybe a newer one. It was that was like a Hallmark. It was it was a made for TV yeah, Hallmark 2015 yeah, film. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would give this, uh, you know, unfortunately for the lady who. Uh, Quadrapeg. <laughs> I'm not calling her that. The the woman who Peg family <laughs> was, looks like Quadrapeg was knocked out. Um, and this might be horribly insensitive oh. of me, but uh, she lost all her limbs, so I'm going to give it four out of five. Drew, the next time you come over, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm going to uh, Japanese calligraphy, calligraphy style on a long sheet of paper. I, I would quadrapeg. And then at some point, some point like hide it like under a button shirt and just, just, just pull it out Uh, and drop it and let it flap in the breeze. Um, Obviously the beginning, I think takes a hit on me, but it's more than makes up for it at the end. Uh, I'm going to give 8 out of 13. Uh, I still think it's a good movie, serviceable. Uh, it does what it needs to. If if there are listeners out there that you happen to like The Last Samurai, then go ahead and give 13 Assassins a try. If you like that, there's a a, a, a well to plumb its depths of as far Total as Samurai massacre. movies. Um, if that is something you, you enjoy. 
for two hundred. Right, right. I will. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I will pay off debts. Patreon for Patreon special for this episode. It's go fuck yourself. Whoa, oh, gently. It's price <laughs> for five hundred dollars. You may fuck it yourself. Jeez. <laughs> All right. No Patreon special. <laughs> But do it with your left hand. Call a stranger. Oh, oh. oh, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, we are up on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for the real Where's the podcast. intro, Drew? Oh Where's the intro? I couldn't think of anything oh, good. Neither could I. Fine. Um, Shoot Drew right now. On Twitter, we are at RealFeelsPod. You can send us an email at RealFeelsPodcast at gmail.com. Think a quadruped doll or something. I don't know what you want. We'll, we'll specialize in building bramble gates oh, in your my. home. I don't know. In the two clan numbers. Boy, whistle. Three zero. If you want to call the Tooch line. <laughs> this is falling apart. Burr, 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 falling burr, apart. Burr, I love it. Okay, uh, 661-376-0030 if you want to call the Touche line. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us hi. Maybe tell us a dirty joke. And then we're doing death a, threats. a little, Who little cares? Patreon, yeah? Death threats. <laughs> call the Touche line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, well, uh, coming up, we have Jack with... Parent. Parent's favorite. Parent's favorite. Yes. Patreon after that? Sure. We, we can, can if we can rope in Cody. Yeah, we got to rope in Cody uh for our last Patreon of the year. Of the year. And then uh Nathan, your I think I'm going to be doing utopian film. Ooh. Oh. I was going to do old Excellent. man or you know old old person film, but I'm going to save that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Are you, are you sure. just going to base your old man pick off of the movies that I like, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, what would Jack watch? <laughs> what what would, would he watch? watch? Well, let's go past the 80s What's into the 70s. black and season. white and boring as shit? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need subtitles. We need subtitles. Oh, my gosh. Minimum three hours long. Well, fuck. Das Boot, there you go. Oh, jeez. Last food is good, but God, it's long. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, as uh, as for the huge, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our banter and uh, can't wait for you to join us in another two weeks. And hey, as always, you're the realist and the feelist. Ute! Ute! <laughs> Shoot! Oh, capital! Oh, capital! Too many sides. 